Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast, episode number 167 with Justin Singh. So I am recording this intro very quickly uh, as I am attending the UPSI Mid-Atlantic Conference. I still wanted to get this episode out to you all, uh, so I'll certainly share my thoughts uh, about the conference uh, after, but uh, please do enjoy this conversation all about uh, McGraw-Hill's recent study about uh, student study habits and uh, their awesome new tool, the Sharpen uh, study tool that uh, students can utilize to uh, better optimize their study time. So check it all out in the show notes to connect with Justin and McGraw-Hill to keep uh, up with what they're uh, doing. And thank you so much for listening to this episode number 167 with Justin Singh. I'm very excited to have our conversation here today. Uh, be focusing on a recently released uh, report from McGraw-Hill focusing on uh, study habits of today's college students, which uh, is just another facet of you know these kind of just tumultuous past couple of years where there's so much accelerated change. Uh, and this is one really important aspect uh, that I'm just very grateful to be able to focus on. So uh, as usual, though, we will have our guests introduce themselves and give a brief overview of their professional background and how they got to be where they are today. Justin, I'm thrilled to be here today and to discuss some of the trends that we are seeing in uh, the higher ed space, particularly with our students. And um, so thank you for uh, your invitation to come on your podcast. My name is Justin Singh. I'm enormously grateful uh, to have a global perspective on education Indian heritage, Australian upbringing, lived almost a decade in the US and have benefited from a professional life that has thus been international. I grew up in education and spent my nights and weekends at the University of Melbourne being son of two professors that worked together and shared the same laboratory together. And you know, growing up, I was at awe on the value that our higher institution brings to society and traveling the world to visit different universities. And those who are uh, sons and daughters of professors will know carrying posters back in the day, mini carousel slide projectors and being taught by a lot of, a lot of PhD students that taught me how to play basketball and what have you. When I started my career, Dustin, I started in, in strategy consulting and I found myself gravitating towards those, those projects that, are, that were near and dear to my heart in education, where, where I could work and work with instructors and administrators that were striving to deliver fantastic education, keep the doors open conduct research as well and it really provided empathy in the space around the driving force that our sector provides and particularly when working with vocational institutions research universities and governments um, in the us and in australia now at mcgraw hill i feel privileged to work at a company that focuses on empowering instructors institutions and learners to provide high quality, accessible education. And we do that, Dustin, by focusing on, on using technology platforms to deliver our engaging, trusted content to create learning experiences in an increasingly digitally connected world, which I'm sure we'll talk through in the rest of our conversation today. Yeah, awesome, man. Thank you for uh, sharing your whole kind of origin story there and 
yeah, you are uh, kind of at the top levels of McGraw Hill, and like I said, kind of having that kind of global perspective on education. Um, so, you know, I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with the name, and I think certainly, um, I think the focus has evolved of what you know, McGraw Hill does now. Um, but if you want to explain really quickly for folks uh, who may not be fully aware of kind of the scope of what uh, McGraw Hill is uh, up to these days, if you want to just uh, share what uh, what you all are up to there, kind of just more generally. Justin, you're right. We have a proud history in education. In fact, we've been in education for over 130 years. And we're in a special uh, position where we operate across the entire life cycle of a learner, right from kinder all the way to their professional professional lives. And what that means is when you think about where we operate, starting on our K-12 presence, we're, we're in, we help nearly every district in the US um, and number of education systems globally. Um, really at the center of the classroom, we're using our digital products such as our open learning platforms to help teachers undertake their core curriculum and their supplemental and intervention solutions. We also, in uh, higher education, we are the, one of the largest uh, courseware providers in the, in the United States. And what we focus on there is assisting and assisting institutions and instructors deliver hybrid, engaging learning in the classroom. And of course, we have um, a growing professional presence that's really focused on healthcare and medical education. And we are able to work now in over 133 countries across the world. And our business continues to rapidly change. If you look at our higher education business, it's and really all our businesses are now predominantly digital and highly so in higher education as well. Yeah, and I feel like we're kind of having this conversation, I feel like as I often do, kind of like start very macro and start to <laughs> zoom in and in more and more. Um, and yeah, I mean, that evolution uh, of digital content delivery, uh, you know, shaping how students learn in higher education uh, in particular, it's kind of uh, where we're going to start zooming in a little bit more. Um, and, you know, like I said, like students study habits, how they're sort of uh, uh, accessing and utilizing that content. But you know, from your perspective, obviously it's a unique one with that kind of global uh, perspective on education. Um, when it comes to higher ed, like what do you see as some of the major forces shaping kind of the, you know, the hybridization of education right now? Because I do, I do think that takes a lot of different shapes. So I'm just kind of going to leave that big question, you know, as it is, take it as you will. We here at McGraw-Hill, we do take that global ecosystem viewpoint. And you mentioned at the start, just what a rapid change in recent couple of years have been in the world, but also in education. And so we see the trends really starting from that K-12 side. And we've seen over 1.5 billion students impacted by school closures. And we've also seen just the, the, the four to five months of learning loss that students experience in the US. And I bring that up Justin, because that will have flow on effects in the higher education industry. And overall, we've never seen in, in the K-12 side of more the impact and the importance of the teacher in the classroom and being able to empower the, the teacher in the classroom to deliver those learning experiences. And that's very similar when we think about higher education. 
and there's never been a need for students and students are looking to upskill, looking to uh, obtain a job, um, get the learning that they need to be successful. And, but they're navigating, navigating this new world and so are, so are faculty as well as they look to deliver those fantastic experiences in that ever-changing hybrid learning classroom that is evolving across all the sectors that we see and we look at. And that is the one, when we look across all the sectors, including professional, one of the fundal underlying changes that we're seeing that 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 digital transformation in our institutions, but we see it rapidly increasing. And that will only just continue as we look in the next couple of years, not only in K-12, but higher education as well. Yeah, I mean, that that learning loss is kind of that, um, I don't know, like the, the best, I, I love metaphors. So it's almost kind of like, uh, you know, kind of an undercurrent thing. I can't think of like a good colorful metaphor, but it's like something that's sort of like, you know, maybe not as like apparent sort of, tangibly on a day-to-day basis but like you said i think it you know is going to be this sort of ripple um for everybody that was in any education setting uh over these past two years it's going to show up you know for them throughout their educational career you know and um just the way that we build kind of proper supports or you know how students are kind of building their study skills and everything um yeah so important so uh yeah, so it's just going to be really interesting. Yeah, because I, I'm, I think maybe it's because like we haven't really been able to like uh, quantify. Like, I guess like you have that like quantifying like this much learning loss, but then it's like that idea of like you know, oh, and that means like it's going to be like this for years and years and years. Like, really kind of get our arms around. I guess like the scale of like how how many students and for how long we're going to be kind of grappling with this. You know, it's such a good point, Dustin. And, and what's What's ultimately most important is that we are able to meet students where they're at and deliver learning in the way that helps them stay engaged and focused. And um, in fact, Dustin, you know, the way students, if we hone in on higher ed, you know, as you are saying, taking the macro view and now going towards higher ed, we've seen the way that students are studying are changing as well. You know, even pre, pre-pandemic, you know, we're constantly, you know, listening to millions of students that we serve and, and hundreds of students, you know, every month. And pre-pandemic, we, we were seeing changes in their student study, in their study behaviors, moving, you know, supplementing what they were learning in the classroom with, with different types of tools, also taking more self-directed learning approaches. So, you know, the approaches that help them stay motivated help them address that feeling of lack of lack of time or being intimidated by by their studies. And then of course, Dustin, to your point, the pandemic, the pandemic came and just accelerated uh, shifts in the way students were studying. In fact, you know, as you know, we did a, a, a survey with Morning Consult. And what we found was that was that 74% of students have changed the way that they've studied in the recent years. And in fact, a number of them are increasingly telling us that when they sit down to study, they they overwhelmingly regularly feel stressed. They regularly feel that they feel tired. They don't feel like they're in the mood to study. 
and that mm-hmm. overarching feeling of intimidation. And we are seeing students increasingly look to other forms of media to consume learning content. So we, we also learned that 78% of students are regularly going to social media to engage and consume content. In fact, us the 19% are spending over six hours per week searching and looking for content. And of course, there's nothing wrong with, with doing that. We all are, concern, are consuming content in different ways, whether we're making FaceTime calls, we're looking at our, you know, our metrics on our phone. Um, at the same time, however, you know, students know, and we innately knew, in fact, 88% of students know that they can't entirely trust the platforms that they're increasingly going to. In fact, faculty see that as well, and they see that, you know, there's that gap between the way, traditionally the gap, the way that, that students are increasingly looking for supplemental resources to enrich their higher education experiences. However, with that trusted content they're looking, for, looking to find. Yeah, that's fascinating. And I think like this conversation makes me think of two things. Like one where like, you know, in the absence kind of like in a vacuum, we like desperately seek to fill it. So like if we don't have what we think we need or want like available, then we'll, you know, just seek it out somewhere. And, you know, having that very self-directed learning experience and especially over these past two years where like we were all dealing with a global pandemic and had a lot of stress and other, you know, demands on our time and energy and everything. So it just would be tough for instructors and stuff to be able to maybe give as much attention or, you know, have uh, TAs be as available or something. But then like the yeah. idea of, you know, growing up with uh, YouTube and now certainly like TikTok, where there is just such an abundance of content and they're spending a lot of time on there and looking for answers there, you know, with then spending so much time searching for information, like I think it is such a like abundant resource, but it's mm. likely not very efficiently uh, kind of categorized, you know, easily searchable. So right. it's just like somewhat of a inefficient uh, way. And with everything that's going on, you know, normally for any learner nowadays, it's like, I, I've just always found that time is the enemy, you know, like, right. they have very little time. So we need to optimize that time that they do have, in order for them to be, uh, you know, as successful as possible with their studies. Exactly. I mean, we we hear from students, um, you know, we hear from students that, you know, they want to be successful, they feel time poor, and they're multitaskers. And, you know, we we hear loud and clear from, from students, you know, they might be going into a Zoom lecture that, you know, typically is an hour long, or they've gone into classroom and they, they leave that classroom and we've all been there, right? We're walking out of that classroom. And now, as you mentioned, we have that abundance of information at our fingertips. And that's where they're starting to look at tools such as TikTok and looking for information um, in such platforms or having that feeling, right, when you sit down on your desk. <laughs> and we heard time and time and time from again from students, the hardest part of studying is just getting started. The feeling that you're opening hundreds of tabs on your browser, just being lost for hours, and then finding content that may or may not be relevant to your to your studies, and ultimately, ultimately, is not an efficient efficient use of time for the student, and also for for their experience as they need to transverse what is a 
experience for them, not only for learning what's in, in the, uh, in their class, but also the experience that they get through higher education. Right. Well, and like, yeah, just like that emotional piece of it, like you're saying, like this, the frustration, the, uh, you know, just kind of like a lack of confidence or, you know, uh, yeah, just like getting started. Like, yeah, it's not encouraging when it's like, I, I know that I'm going to be having to like climb a mountain just to like find what I need to even like, you know, maybe get started. So and, and yeah, now, really, and now, really important issue, yeah. <laughs> and, and now, Dustin, some some students that we talk to, they haven't met a num- number of their instructors in, in person, particularly during that pandemic period. And so you can imagine if you're if you're that student sitting in the chair, how you know how reserved you may feel to ask that question, to go into that office hours at that particular point in time when you know you're trying to juggle your work life your newfound social life and increasingly your home life because you're, you're at home as well. And so the need uh, for, for us as an industry to provide, um, to enrich and, and augment their, their studying experiences to solutions has never, has never been greater. Yeah, agreed. Um, so I know, you know, through the work that you're doing, like you're examining this issue, but also I think, you know, doing your part, doing the work to try to, provide solutions. So I think just like broadly, you know, uh, what do you see as sort of like potential solutions to optimizing kind of student study habits? Justin, it's one, it's, it's one, one, one area at McGraw-Hill we've been, we've been thinking long and hard, um, even before, before the pandemic, uh, hit us. And as I mentioned, just only been accelerating those particular trends, and you know we at McGraw Hill have have responded with uh, a first of its kind mobile platform called Sharpen, and that's and Sharpen is designed to help our students stay engaged and focus on what matters and take control take control of their learning, and ultimately, you know ultimately Dustin you know we hear students students explain Sharpen in many different ways to us as we. We undertake, you know, for the last year, all, all our user research. You know, some students um, have said it's it's like if uh, if their textbook and their t- and TikTok had a baby, it's like motivating like Duolingo or it's like Apple Fitness. And ultimately, you know, I'm really happy to share Sharpen today with you, Dustin. I think about it as you know, when I when I came to the US, the only thing that I brought with me was my road bike. And uh, for those who've been in Zoom, Zoom, Zoom calls with me, they know it's always on, on, always behind me. And I and I love riding my bike, and I and I love exercising, and it's something that I'll always do. However, technology has helped enrich my experience. I, I now use apps like Strava to help me motivate me, provide uh, analytics and information while I go on my ride. Um, and connect me with information that I need uh, to make my writing more engaging. And that's ultimately what we're seeking to do. Not changing, not changing studying, but make that studying experience uh, more enriching, engaging, and focused. And so we're able to deliver, uh, deliver a solution that students can go to where they can get that trusted content just in an engaging manner and help in faculty who know that their, know that their students are going 
to these supplemental resources <laughs> like TikTok, like Facebook for information, but may not be able to trust trust them or may not be able to trust that. Now faculty have a place where they can uh, potentially recommend uh, students go to find that complementary learning resource to their to their assigned material. Yeah, I mean, because that's the idea of like that students generally, you know, however old they are, like are just expecting, I think, like a user experience that, uh, you know, as somewhere in the neighborhood of like what they're experiencing elsewhere on, you know, like optimized for the mobile devices, like just sort of intuitive and all of that. So I think, yeah, like all efforts in that direction are, are time well spent. And I think, you know, it's, it's that piece and, um, you know, something that I've always been an advocate for is like trying to make things like on-demand tutoring more available or, um, yeah, like being more accessible for like, you know, virtual office hours or, you know, just communicating via via different modalities and everything. Cause it, it is just sort of, you know, being as available as possible and, you know, meeting the students wherever they are versus kind of assuming maybe that they're only in one place or another, or, you know, you come to me, I'll be here if you need me kind of thing. It's like kind of keeping all doors and windows and everything kind of open to, uh, like you said, kind of having that faculty involvement, which is so valuable. And then, you know, kind of supplementing, you know, often this one person trying to work with like several students uh, with as, as many other sort of uh, support structures and things to kind of, yeah, perhaps kind of like have things be resolved before a student even needs to go to the faculty if it's sort of like a very low level question or, right. um, yeah, again, if everything's just more uh, user friendly than, you know, um, yeah, students aren't either wasting their time looking elsewhere or having to kind of, um, yeah, if they even feel co- comfortable enough to do it in the first place, asking um, too many questions or kind of the same question over and over again to their uh, faculty member. Dustin, we learned so much um, as we were. Um, not only researching in the creation of Sharpen, but also listening to our students and understand their feedback. And, you know, we, we learned that three and four students would say that they would supplement and study their course materials more if it matched the style and convenience of the resources that they access via, via these other channels. And ultimately, you know, student the student method of absorbing and engaging material isn't wrong. You know, there's a brilliance in a way that students are absorbing and engaging material. The problem is, is that they're searching and finding misinformation. And so for us, it was, you know, at McGraw-Hill, which we concentrated on creating that high quality content, we worked tirelessly to find a way to deliver that content in a way that is conductive and conducive into the way that students learn today. And so, you know, Dustin, a lot of the things that um, you will see in that you see in Sharpen is straight away that continuous feed of study content that's broken down with videos broken down into five minute chunks that explains what the students need to know to understand their materials with swipeable study tools and gamify quizzes. Ultimately, Dustin, the way we did that was, you know, using that learning data that we had, billions of learning data that we had, and we knew we could see where instructors were assigning particular what we call learning objectives. So particular parts of the content that they were trying to ensure that students were succeeding in and where students were struggling. 
So we could see that. And what, we, what we're able to do through working with our students is to deliver that in a way, in a bite-sized format that meets them where they are and ultimately provides an engaging experience. So within 20 minutes, they can feel confident in learning um, a particular part or a particular chapter that they need to understand in the title that they're learning. Well, yeah. And I mean, I think that you know, anymore is just embodying like good instructional design principles, you know, and if it's like, like, okay, like you do your part, like building out the course in your LMS and then like, you know, know that we are, you know, creating the content in a format and delivery, you know, platform that just embodies best practices and everything. So like, you know, bringing that into uh, any course that a institution is sort of propping up in their LMS, you know, it just sort of, you know, almost kind of superpowers it or something, you know, like they don't have to kind of figure out how to uh, maybe do all that stuff themselves. So I think that is, uh, that is pretty great to hear and just knowing like, you know, that, yeah, it's just, just good, good, uh, you know, instructional design uh, imbued into that. So, um, and I guess just, just kind of like put like a bow on this as well. Like, you know, I think we've kind of mentioned it in passing a bit, but like, you know, especially for today's learners or increasingly adult learners, I think they're bouncing a work life, home life and everything. Why do you think this topic is so important for student success? Like, you know, sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, somebody who'd be like, okay, cool. They're going to save a couple hours a week studying or something like big deal. And it's like, no, I think it's a pretty big deal, especially for the students who are coming into higher education, who are looking to get, you know, more value out of their experience and kind of uh, uplift their life and everything. So I guess, yeah, just what, what's your kind of perspective on like why this topic is so important? It's a huge deal. It's a huge deal, Dustin. Um, at the end of the day, students want to be successful in, in their learning um, and in what they're, whatever they're tr- their goals are that they're trying to achieve. Faculty and institutions want to provide uh, a fantastic learning experience, Dustin. Your podcast and and the and the people that you have on your podcast is a real testament to that and that desire and purpose um, in our ecosystem and the special special industry that we work in uh, to to jointly deliver student success. And you know we see we see innovation all around in in higher education institutions and. And faculty as well in the way they uh, really have one pivot foot in in that real core mission in terms of providing learning but seeking to provide different ways that are meeting students where they are today because ultimately ultimately with students with our students succeeding in achieving their goals we have um, we have students that are able to go out and contribute to contribute to our society, and also have a vibrant higher education industry um, that has been so for the so for more, many years and, and for the next 10, 10 years and decades moving forward. So an incredibly important area. We all know uh, the challenges that are facing our industry, uh, whether it's retention rates um, in the industry, whether it's um, students that are opting opting to stay out both of both of higher education or potentially even the workforce itself and so the ability for us to help them to help them learn provide them relevant and trusted trusted learning experiences is what's going to 
really help define the next couple of years and success of our sector moving forward. Yeah, I love it. You know, through all this work, I'm sure there's maybe a lot that was contributing to your uh, perspective on this issue and some of the best strategies, um, you know, to uh, confront it and everything. But um, yeah, we always just like to uh, give a moment if you have any resources that you'd like to share your own or others uh, that we can include in the show notes. Yeah, we here at McGraw, we increasingly have that and believe there's a lot to learn uh, from other industries uh, around us as well. Um, and so a, a, poc- a podcast and a, and a newsletter that I, I enjoy reading is Ben Thompson's uh, uh, newsletter called Stratacally. Um, I've been reading that for a number of years and um, really interesting um, in terms of seeing how uh, ways content and the way it's been delivered has been changing in different industries, whether that is social media, whether that's gaming um, alike, and now increasingly education. So fantastic resource to uh, check out. And and he also has a podcast that folks can listen to as well. Perfect. Yeah, I always love uh, something a little outside of education, but you know there are often many examples like that that have very applicable uh, you know, leadership lessons and things uh, to learn. So uh, yeah, we'll include that for folks to check out as well as everything that we've talked about in this episode as usual. But uh, so we will end as we always do, though, uh, just give you the floor. You've already shared so many great insights, but uh, please do share any final thought or call to action that you might have to uh, end the episode with. Dustin, there's never been a more vibrant time to be in higher education. I've never felt more excited and very much so because we've never had we've never had the tools at our disposal to enrich what has always happened, um, always happened in our institutions, and, and that's delivering high quality learning. And so, as we look over the next couple of years, you know, we are just so excited um, to see and to be part of that overall sector transformation uh, transformation journey. You know, Sharpen that we discussed today is just one example, but there are so many examples of innovation going on in our sector. And that's just a, a real big takeaway that I think gets lost in a lot of, lot of the media that's uh, happening around education, education today. Yes, I, I share your optimism and the value of everything kind of uh, contributing, doing its part to help better the experience of students and yeah, so I think, yeah, it, it is a good time. I think there's so much potential and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have some headwinds for a while, but I think, you know, our, our fortitude to get through them and make sure that students are still getting the experiences they want out of higher education. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's good on us. And I, I appreciate being able to be a part of this whole sort of experience in my own way. And I uh, just appreciate you for, for doing the work as well and sharing all about what you're working on there uh, at McGraw-Hill. So again, we'll have ways to connect uh, with Justin and all that he mentioned in the show notes. But yeah, just thank you for your time. Thank you for all you shared. And uh, yeah, just uh, really appreciate the conversation. Thank you, Justin. Thank you for having me on today. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thanks again for listening. And we'll see you in the next episode of the Higher Ed Geek podcast.